Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, I'm Josh Whittacombe. And I'm Rob Beckett. Welcome to Lockdown Parenting Hell. The show in which Rob and I discuss what it's like to be a parent during lockdown, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, in an effort to make some kind of sense of the current situation... And to make me feel better about my increasingly terrible parenting skills... Each episode we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how well they're coping. Or hopefully not. And we will be hearing from you, the listener, with your tales of lockdown parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, none of us know what we're doing. Hello, and welcome to Lockdown Parenting Hell with... And... That's Wickham. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, happy with those two? A lot of energy on the Beckett there, and then it sort of trailed off Rob with the Beckett and Dosh Widdicombe. Oh, Dosh Widdicombe, yeah. Eight years of last leg. Absolutely Keiko Bako, do you know what? Well, do you know what's even worse? These people, this is Molly, who is a two-and-a-half-year-old Australian... Oh. So, you know, last leg should have really cut through over there as well, annoyingly. Yeah, she was minus six when that show started. <laughs> Molly has been stuck in an apartment with only her dad for company for much of the lockdown as uh, her mum, Jen, is a health worker. They've been getting increasingly frustrated with each other to the extent she has recently told her dad to just go and watch the news when he annoyed <laughs> her first thing in the morning. <laughs> I get told, don't see me. Go away. Don't look at me. Go away. It's a bit, I'm not sure if we have discussed it before. That is always bittersweet, isn't it? Because yeah. you think, oh, license to not have to do the parenting. Well, yeah, exactly. And then you sort of, you want to be wanted, but you don't want to be wanted when you're knackered. I've got something I need to get off my chest about parenting. Go on. I cannot tell you how much I hate paddling pools. <laughs> oh, the worst. Yeah, I'm with you. I've banned them in my house. <laughs> They're just an absolute... There's no point of the paddling pool process that isn't horrific piece of shit in your life. Yeah, it gets too dirty, it's slippy, it ruins the grass, yeah. takes ages to fill up. Really difficult to empty. Yeah, the kids go in for about a second, you, know, you have to watch them the whole time in case they, they just lie in it, face down, yeah. for no reason. It's the ultimate death trap. It's not fun for no. them, really. Slipping or drowning are the two things that you're thinking about, so there's no relaxing for the parent. No. Can you swim, Josh? Can you swim? I can't really swim, no. Can't but I can... Yeah, are you scared around water? I'm not scared around a paddling pool, no. But... <laughs> <laughs> I could do... I'm short, Rob, and I can't swim, but it's not that big a paddling pool. <laughs> um, so she straight away is filling it with shit, filling it with stuff. Yeah. So we've got a ball, like a little ball pool that we bought. Yeah. Every single ball has gone in the paddling pool. Yeah. And then combined with paper and toys and and then I'm just left to fish all this shit out and then try and dispose of all this water <laughs> onto a lawn 
which it's just the whole thing has been awful. And then they'll just want to do it again. <laughs> they do just do it. That is the problem with kids. They do want to keep doing stuff over and over again, even if it is boring. But what I do now is you can get little sprinkler things. You can get just a sprinkler that put that up. They can run through it. Or there's this like big tube thing that fills up you plug the hose into it fills up with water and then spurts out of it like a sort of water feature type thing that they can jump on so that's good better than a paddling pool i used to love the sprinkler i used to love the sprinkler when i was a kid running through the sprinkler was the best probably the happiest i've ever been in my whole life actually running through the sprinkler as a child i was thinking about this earlier and you've just done you've just done it again i think there should we should really have a like a jingle and a feature which is for when you suggest an item that people can buy to make their lives better, because it happens at least once on every episode. Yeah, I feel like I'm that annoying. Am I an annoying parent though? Because I hate parents. No, got... I, I don't. I think you're just like it. It feels like you've been moonlighting for QVC or something. So you've got all of these great <laughs> ideas. I should bring up merch. Beckett the Beckett sprinkler. <laughs> um. How have you been, Rob? Yeah, not too bad. The potty training has come on. We've had two days in a row of poo in potty, not in oh, knickers. Wow. And we wow. have got a giant box of toys, though, and she gets a toy, like a tr- not like expensive toy, went down yeah. home bargains and got basically plastic that you're not allowed to buy because it yeah, ruins yeah. the world. But at this stage of my life, I'm willing to take that risk for my own sanity. For shit in a potty. Think, yeah, for shit in a potty, I'm willing to add to the plastic problem. <laughs> me. That's my life, okay? That's my truth. When my kids are a bit older, I'll stop. <laughs> um, that's your truth. That's what my truth. truth it is as well. Yeah, I do Willing don't... to have a piece of plastic shit to get a shit in a potty. That is yeah. totally acceptable, I think. I will use single-use plastic. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like you're not you're not backing me up on this, Josh, because you do the last leg. But no, you... no, what? no, I just haven't I haven't got I haven't got to the point where I'm hanging you out to dry, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Once this conversation has been written down and reprinted in uh, in the Daily Mail, I'll I'll look clean as a whistle. Oh God, you'll look great. It'll just say Whittacombe sat there in silent judgment. <laughs> um, so that's going well. Yeah, oh yeah, so it's got yeah, it's going well. We've done yeah, we we get we're pooing in the potty and she's very happy and excited about it. So yeah, morale is very good. And also we're at the point now where people can come around in the afternoon in the garden and be two meters apart. So morale's yeah. good, we're seeing people, and my my kids are back to school, preschool, next Monday, which I'm very excited about. Yours starts this week, doesn't she? Wednesday. She goes back to nursery on Wednesday. Um they've removed the sand pit from nursery because obviously that is a corona disaster waiting yeah. to happen yeah, yeah, yeah we've got all the information we've got our slots i managed to i feel like i've got an Ocado slot <laughs> we got the slot we wanted which was oh. uh, the earliest possible drop off and the latest possible pickup absolutely delighted with that, that. absolutely first class that's what you wanted that's what everyone's going for earliest drop off what, what, what times you got uh we've got between 8 30 and 8 50 drop off yep. i don't know if i'm like I, i've just got visions of pegging it down the street at 8 48 i'm gonna miss a chance because <laughs> yeah, they can't go in can they then no i don't know what would happen we'd just be stuck outside and then we've got a uh, pickup i think is 5 10 to 5 30 oh that is a long day our one's more of a preschool so it's 9 till 3 30 but their new hours are 10 till 2 so it's only a lot shorter um <sighs> But, uh, yeah, that, yeah. That's enough. It's enough for a little break. It's enough. Um, I'll let you know how it goes. I'll let you know how the drop-off went. I do feel sorry for those kids, though, that, like, go to breakfast school, whatever it is, and they get dropped off at, like, half seven in the morning and then get picked up at six again. That's hard work, isn't it? That's difficult. It's a long old day for a kid, mate. Yeah. It's a, lo- it's a much longer day's work than I've ever done in my life. Oh, mate, yeah. I didn't do that long when I worked at Sainsbury's. <laughs> 
Do you think they should unionise those children? Because those are actually, their human rights are being broken by well, the length of those do you know hours. What? I think it would be really good for kids because a lot of the time parents do that because they have to because of their commute. But if they're working from home now, they can start yeah. work at nine. They don't have to leave and get the train for an hour and a half up to London or Manchester, wherever they're going, so that they can, you know, drop the kid off about eight o'clock-ish rather than dropping them off at silly o'clock. So. I, I just wouldn't tell my child I was working from home. It's that simple. I just say, I just drop them off at Brex Club, then I just sit in the car alone for an hour yeah, and a half. Yeah, but then what happens is, Josh, that's fine until they get to about 13 and start talking to their mates, and that's when the <laughs> hatred and resentment start because they know what you did. And they'll be like, yeah, but my, my, my friend, his dad, only used to drop them off at 10 till 2, and then I'll be the best one, and you'll look evil. <laughs> well, you play the wrong game, Rob, and I am going to be enjoying an episode of Pointless and... <laughs> No one will disturb me. Right, correspondence. It's the lockdown parody mailbag. But it's actually emails and there's no bag. This is from Alex Smith. Hi, Rob and Josh. I've just listened to your fabulous podcast with Izzy Suti. What an absolute bloody legend her other half sounds. <laughs> Taking inspiration from your Hyman and Sam correspondent. Uh, so he's done some maths here. An extra four hours in bed a day, which is what Izzy gets over Ellis, <laughs> equates to 28 hours a week, oh. which equates to 122 hours a month. Or, to put it another way, Izzy is having 61 extra days in bed per year. Oh! Imagine oh that's two God. months! She's got two months extra in bed. When Ellis hears about this... <laughs> We've got to get him on and, and, yeah. and read these facts to him. That is mind-blowing. She's got an extra 61 days in bed. Do you know what? We've had a lot of love for Ellis. That has been the greatest PR drive Ellis has ever done in his life, that podcast. <laughs> yeah, He's going to be welcome on to this podcast like a kind of the king of parenting. Yeah. It's going to be unbelievable. I'm talking about the Teresa figure. <laughs> this is a Saint Ellis. Oh, I can't wait to speak to him about it. Um, Izzy obviously has done herself a world of damage with that interview, oh, but yeah. there we go. Some... Some wins, some loses. Right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We've discussed before bedtime routine and the things you have to do to get your child to go to bed. This is from Karen Gumbel. Dear Rob and Josh, you asked for tales of other people's bedtime routines. And we had quite a weird one. When my son was about two and a half, he's currently five, he started to have to do a dance before bed. We would have to sit and be his audience and play music from our phones while he danced and jumped about like a nutcase, jumping off the bed, etc. Most requested tunes were Adamant's Prince Charming, Beastie Boys Fight for Your Right to Party, or the theme tune from Iron Man cartoon he watches on Netflix. 
Bedtime would take forever, as it would also include a bath or shower, trying to catch him running about naked afterwards, getting him dressed, the dancing, and at least two stories, plus cuddling him until he went to sleep. Oh, my God. God. These things, these routines that you get in before putting a child in bed are absolutely the most soul-sapping thing in the world once you realise you've got <laughs> yeah. another bit locked in. My daughter has to put on my wife's shoes and walk through from the bedroom to her room now, which takes oh. at least five minutes. And is, so, I mean, obviously it's pointless, yeah. but it's so heartbreaking every day when you realise that's the next bit that you've got coming up. Could I suggest something? I don't, Here we go. This is what I always try and do yes. is try and make what they're trying to do more fun and exciting but quicker so you can be like oh my god mummy's got turbo shoes today and as she's walking pick her up and go turbo shoes and like just carry her into the room fast and go oh, that's a turbo. good one she's like, oh my god did you see what the shoes did today have you told mummy what the shoes did and then she's like oh my god i've got turbo shoes and then it sort of will speed up the did process you, do you know what i'm gonna do that and then in, I'll, I'll report back on how turbo shoes went <laughs> Good. Well, let's see. But that's that's what that's all my is my instinct is to add something more fun to it. I think that's what there's. Um, was it old Gumble? Was it K- Karen Gumble? Yeah. Karen Gumble. There, obviously, her son loves the Iron Man song, and that's the song he wants to dance to. And they've slipped in these new suggestions that will be funny for them to watch. <laughs> oh, what? So you don't think he's a fan of the Beastie Boys? <laughs> So it might be a bit before his time. He's only five, isn't he? Um, if you have uh, anything you want to get in touch with us about that we've discussed or will discuss for the rest of the episode, if you want Ellis James's number, that kind of thing. Yeah. Or if you've got a question that I will give you, what would Rob Beckett do? Yes. That's the that's the feature. Yes. So you've got the shoes waddling to the bedroom, yeah, that's stunning yeah. you up. Hold off her turbo shoes. So if you've got any other problems or any other bedtime routine things or stuff with kids. Ask us, and I'll tell you what I'd do. I'm not saying it might be the right thing, but it's what I'll do with my kids. <laughs> By the end of this, you're going to be like, like when we were growing up, there was that woman Claire Rayner who was like the kind of agony aunt of yeah. the nation. Mate, it's, you're going to be like, you're going to be like super nanny. I'm going to sniff out a book deal and then a TV show. I'm just going to stroll <laughs> around in a suit and be like, this is what Rob Beckett would do. Turbo shoes on that whingy little bitch. Imagine if you got brought in by nightmare parents. On like, like Parents are having a disaster and you turn up on Channel 4 for an hour. What would RB oh, do? Bobby Beckles here. It would be incredibly watchable, but I don't know how it would go down for the Get rid of the paddling pool. It's sprinkler time. Stuff like that. <laughs> right. Where have we got to? Uh, Let's introduce our guest. So the guest this week, um, an absolute barnstormer, Josh, one of the most famous comedians in the country, one of the best comedians we've ever produced, the legend that is Jack D. Hello, Jack D. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you, Josh. Yeah, you? <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. Yeah. That's not very on brand for you, being very well. Well, this is, in a way, I feel I'm in my element now. It's <laughs> <laughs> what I've waited for all my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's everyone's miserable and frightened and staying in you know it's it's well i, I haven't i'm not I, i'm not being facetious about it of course i, yeah. I do, but there is part of the thing is that you can't one of the worst things is when people say oh how are you you know you go well how do you think i am was a <laughs> pandemic on I'm like, I, I have you not read the news i'm like everyone else i am worried and bored that's how i am <laughs> 
What's, what's your setup at home, Jack? How many kids you got? Are they still at home or are they in their own uh, places? Well, I've got I've got four children, and um, my kids are grown up, so they don't yeah. necessarily live here all the time. Although we yeah. are observing strict regulations, of course we are. Yeah. Yeah, uh, of one of them lives in Barnard Castle. And <laughs> <laughs> He has uh, 2020 eyesight, which I'm very proud of. Um, uh, but now I've got two sons uh, who are living with us all the time because they've, they've come back from university. They're both at universities. And so they've been doing, one has been doing his finals and one has been doing end of year exams. And so that's been, you know, that sort of background tension of people not looking forward to exams and stuff. Uh, so which is, th- mm. are they doing the exams from home? How does that work? Yeah, well, they, they have this uh, open book exam thing, uh, which I think, which is what I always thought was cheating. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but they're allowed to do their, their exams on the internet. They, you know, they get, they get emailed the exam paper at nine o'clock. They have to hand it in at 12. And I suppose it's like whatever you can do. I just, you know. Yeah. Are you invigilating? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm just, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm walking up and down, making sarcastic comments over their shoulder. <laughs> oh, oh, you didn't want to put that. <laughs> yeah. And they're twins, aren't they? So your two sons are twins. They're twins. So they're, they're both 22, and they're they're non-identical. So they're very, very different. And mm. uh, so he's like, it is, it is, you know, it's not like you've got two kind of identical freaks going around the place. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't be, you know, couldn't have any you know, telepathy and all that going on at the table. That would be just, that would not, that would not work for me. I, if, if they had been identical, I think I would have just done eeny, meeny, miny, mo and sold one of them. <laughs> I just wouldn't want that going on, would you? It'd be horrible, no. wouldn't it? You know, they speak their own little language and everything. Oh, horrible. What was the moment like when you realised that you were going to have three, but now you're going to have four children? Well, uh, the the news was broken to me actually by Hattie, who's our eldest daughter. She was then she was uh, she was what six, and mm. uh, I got paid. I was working at ITV, and um, uh, I got paid to go to the front desk. And uh, when I turned up, Jane, my wife, was there with Hattie and Phoebe, our two daughters. Mm. And, I'm, and my memory is Hattie running towards me with this photo, the scan photo, <laughs> saying, "There are two of them. There are two of them." Oh. Really excited because she hadn't we hadn't found out until it was about a twenty week scan or something. Oh. And uh, and the, uh, the the guy doing the sort of thing and said, "Oh, have we, have we told you if they're identical or not?" And Jane said, "What?" <laughs> and that's how we found out. You know, we're doing, they're identical. <laughs> What are you talking about? <laughs> wow. We were lucky there because we'd already had two children. So we kind of knew uh, a bit about how to look after babies and kids and stuff like that. I, I think there are, I, I've got friends and you probably know people as well who have twins first time round. And I just don't know how they cope God. with that. Oh. Because that is a bad enough shot with one of them, isn't it? You know, one yeah. one baby will ruin your life. What did two do at the same time? <laughs> two of them coming in. Oh, I mean, just awful. Yeah. So what's it like having twins? So are you putting them down to bed at the same time? And they're, are you trying to bath? Is it all like are you just trying to double team them in that sense? No, they they would never, they never, they were never in sync. Uh, they would look with each other. They could never kind of like both be hungry at the same time, both be tired at the same time. They did shift work. They were shift. <laughs> that's what it was. So it was 24 hour full on. You'd have one would fall asleep, the other one wake up. And so you have to get them out of the room in case to wake the other one up it really was chaos in fact we a couple of times we just hired a nanny me and jane and just went went away to a hotel for the weekend to sleep 
Yeah, you know, literally just a hotel down the road. Just she said, we're just going to sleep. It wasn't even a nice hotel. Just go down there. This is an ibis down the road. We just went there to sleep for twenty-five hours. <laughs> oh, was yeah. there a point though where you thought they might be identical? Because I swear all babies look the same. Was, that, was you just looking at them, going, "Are you sure they're not?" And then eventually they look no. One, 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 one of them is quite, quite a lot chunkier than the other one. Charlie comes out first, and he's the big bruiser. He was t- taking up all the space, and then and then and then Miles comes out, and uh, and he's he's a little bit he's a little bit more sort of petite and small, but uh, but you know I mean it's great. And then the doctor goes right. Let's see what number three is. And Jane nearly <laughs> <laughs> Jane practically fell off the table. And he goes, oh, just joking. I said, yeah, all right, all right, just leave that to me, will you? <laughs> That is a great. That is a great line, though, for someone delivering yeah, to I you. know, but I, I felt I said, "Look, I know the safe limits of humour in my household." <laughs> and you've, just, you've gone way past it. <laughs> do they get on well then? They do. They do get on well because, I mean, partly they get on well because they're complete opposites to each other, and that's, I think, is uh, uh, one of the sort of redeeming features if you have twins who decide not to be like each other or just aren't anyway. And they, right from day one, would not do the same thing as each other. So if they were doing the same homework, one would do colouring in and the other one would decide not to colour in and just, you know, scribble mm. over it or something. And it would just be, it was always, I will not do what he does and, yeah. and vice versa. So they never, they were never competing, never trod on each other's territory. So in that respect, it's quite good. And I always think if you put them together, you'd have the perfect human, but they just have very, <laughs> very, very, very opposite views. Mm. Um, have you clashed with them at all since they've been back from uni? Because they're like adults now, just like having two blokes in your house, isn't it? Well, it's, it's nice, though. It's great. I've really enjoyed having them around, actually, because, you know, when they, they come downstairs, you've got someone to have a beer with, and, you know, and, and uh, Charlie especially does all his working out in the garden because he's into, big into rugby and training and stuff like that, so he's pretty serious about that. And Miles is, is big into his music, and uh, so there's loads of conversations going on. I, I, I've enjoyed that. You know, they do, they do, once they get to, you know, beyond uh, 19 or something, they're quite nice company. <laughs> not long, Ralph, not long. No. Not long. Yeah, you've got that to look forward 20 to. 20 years' time, I can have a yeah. the wine of my daughter. Yeah. If the world's still going it'll be, 20, yeah. 20, it'll be 2040 by then. Yeah. How, how So are you a baby, have you, Rob? A four-year-old and a two-year-old. Oh, yeah. I've got a two-and-a-half-year-old. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So it's that yeah, constant it? attention. How, how did you find it when they were that age? Because you you must have had, well, you know, when they were babies, so was it four under the age of six would you have had? Yeah, we did at one point, and it was. Uh, I, it, it, I mean, as I've sort of highlighted, uh, outlined some of it already. It was uh, very, very difficult at times because you just was, there was never a day when everyone was on top form. So there was. I, I can remember thinking, will there ever come a day when one of the children doesn't ruin everything? <laughs> no. There is there, none of them have got. None, you, you've got to have to have four of them on good form. The chances of that. Yeah. Is, I like guessing someone's combination lock on their bike or something. <laughs> it, it, it's not going to happen ever, and, and that doesn't really even out until they got to about well, at least a secondary school, I think. But uh, yeah, and it was. Um, were you working awful. a lot at the time? Oh, I, I was. I never stopped working. As soon as the boys were born, I just I rang Addison, my agent at the time, just said, "Look, book me a tour." And he says, "Well, what do you mean? I don't care where I go. Book me a tour. <laughs> I will. I want to be away from home for the next eight months at least." And then. 
and I, had a, I, I literally had two, two manager turns up in a, in, a, in a nice, comfortable car. I just crawled in the back seat and slept. I, don't, I mean, we woke up in Bolton or somewhere, did a show, stayed in the hotel, and then made out to my wife that I was working hard. It was, it was, it was, <laughs> it was the only way I could get through it. Just, just run away, run away, basically run away. And who were these comedians who bring their children with them? Oh, Christ. Oh, yeah. What's the point? What's the point of being a comedian if you take your children around with you? Why would you do that? <laughs> you know, Edinburgh Festival, it's a month. You've got a free pass for a month. And, and, then the, and then you see these people letting the whole side down. by, Oh, I've got my children with me. They love it here. Yeah, because yeah. then other people go, well, they went up with their kids. And you're like, yeah. Yeah, I know, but their kids are simple. They just like being, you know, like you paint their face and they're happy all day, aren't they? They're not like our kids. <laughs> they need to be more stimulated. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. With Capella University's FlexPath format, you can set your own deadlines, learn at your pace, and access most coursework from anywhere at any time. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. What are you doing with your days then, Jack, in lockdown? We bought the dog. I've done quite a lot of cooking. I've done all that stuff. You know, I've, I'm a bit of a cliche, really. I've been, you know, we've made banana bread and... You know, I haven't done the sourdough thing. I think that is unfair. I don't think anyone should be doing sourdough unless <laughs> they've actually... Because really, to, to be qualified to make sourdough bread, you need to have retired from a, uh, a lucrative job in the city, have a nervous breakdown and, re- and retrain as an artisan baker. And I think us all just showing how easy it really is, is just, it's unfair on them. They've gone through all that trouble of having a, of having a life crisis. And now we're just all doing it. Do you miss your kids being young then, Jack? Or does it feel like you like, I, I'm glad not to be going back there? Well, I think this is why, you know, people actually love grandchildren is because you get that second go at it and it's there's no pressure on you to be a great parent or to have them for the full time. Um, because I can now look at kids that age and think, oh, they're so cute, aren't they? Look, you know, you see, and you see a lot of them now out and they're picnicking with their parents and stuff on the common and and it, and you know it's, obviously the kids are adorable aren't they like puppies you can't not like them but it's when you got to look after them full time it becomes more of a problem but uh so i i sometimes look back on it but I've, i will never forget what it was like i mean <laughs> i will i can't forgive them i can't forgive them <laughs> that's my problem um, so uh, you obviously as well you you would have had was it no iPads generation for your kids growing up or were iPads no. knocking around then we did we, we did we hardly even had drawing pads and stuff <laughs> we're just like we're just you know coloring in it was it was all the old we were all old school so yeah, yeah that, that stuff never that's that stuff never came in and I can remember someone um, my 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 parents saying, oh you know we, we treat the kids to an iPad at Christmas I said, oh, don't give them that they don't want an iPad they don't want an iPad you know which just once you start down that road then you've bought into having to get them updated and get them all the latest stuff so it's better just to fool them into thinking no one can have any of it and (laughs) and then and then they're going to be delighted when they finally get a job and can buy something for themselves that's why i never took them skiing because i knew that i knew they'd enjoy it and then i'd be committed (laughs) 
I've been committed to a lifetime of taking them skiing and buying them new anoraks every year and all that stuff. I just, uh, you know, make life simple for yourself. Don't don't make a rod for your own back like that. <laughs> don't find too many things that are enjoyable, or you'll be trying to do it all the time. Yeah, exactly. Basically. They just want to do it again and again, and and, and, and you know, and that, and that that's a problem in itself, isn't it? <laughs> Did you watch a lot of TV growing up? You must have been all over, like, them Jack D's Happy Hour and, like, Live at the Apollo must have been when they were kids. Were, were yes, they watching that? Were they proud well, of you? No, no, they weren't They weren't watching it. Um, I, and I, Because they weren't old enough, really. That's the truth oh. of it. They weren't really old enough to be aware of it. I do remember on one occasion being on an aeroplane with the children and, and Hattie was uh, very, was actually quite, it can't have been all of them, but but then she, and she was having a bit of a fit about something. And then the screen came on, on the back, back, back of the seat in front of us, you know, the TV screen. Yeah. And, I, and I was on it. And, um, and I come with the look that she, she looked at that and looked at me and thought, hey, that's, that's not right. That's witchcraft, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and she did behave because I gave her a look. I said, see, that's what I can do. That's the power I have. <laughs> <laughs> and she just shut up after that. She was a quite a quiet flight. I think she's been scared of me ever since. How was holidaying with that that many kids? There was that. Did you enjoy that, or did you try and stay in the UK? What did, what would you do? Oh, well, you know, I never. I just I could never see the point in in. in you know, I've just but that was flying. We went to Australia for that. That was a uh, that was gigging, and that was one I couldn't get out of bringing the children with us. But um, but with holidays, I I when the boys were born, I just said to Jane, "That's it. We're not. We are not going on a foreign holiday, uh, at least for another twenty years, because I'm not." <laughs> I'm not flying with all these people. I can't do it. It's, you can't, you know, well, you, got to, you have to hire a whole plane to get them around the place. They don't care where they are anyway. We used to go to Dorset and they didn't, you can tell them, in your, you can tell them you're in Japan. They'll believe you. Okay? They'll be happy. We went, we went to Dorset. You go over this little chain ferry. It takes about 12 minutes. And that's about as far long as you want to be contained in a vehicle with your children. And then they thought we were in a different country. So they were happy. It was a slide. There and there was, you know. Did you ever do Disney? We did Disney and Paris, you know, Euro Disney it was called then, and that was uh, uh, that was pretty pretty dreadful. I tell you what happened. Do you know what? I've not ever really got over my my annoyance. Was um, have, you, have you been there? Have you ever been there? Oh, yes, that we, I've they've been. Got, they've yeah. got that Wild West show. They've got a Wild West show, right? Yeah. And they have, um, you know, uh, it was a Calamity Jane, right? So she comes out on a horse and starts shooting things with a rifle, these bottles that go down. And then they grab people out of the audience, okay? And it's a big audience, right? And I'm the worst thing that could happen to me is being grabbed onto the stage, right? And it happens, right? I get grabbed on with some eight-year-old kid as well, who I, I don't know who he is. He comes on. And we both get given guns to shoot at these bottles on the wall, right? So, and you're pretty famous at this point as well. Uh, yeah, there were, there were. I think there were English people in there yeah. nudging each other, going, "Look, it's him!" You know. <laughs> right. So, so I have to shoot the bottle, uh, have a shot at the bottle, and of course I miss. Right now, I I know I didn't miss. I'm a good shot. I, I had it. I've had it. <laughs> I've had an air rifle all my life. I know. I could have done that. I could have done that blindfold. Like, and, right. And then, so I miss, everyone laughs at me, not not with me, like when you're a comedian, everyone laughs at me, and 
And then the, the eight-year-old, now you have a go. Of course, what does he do? He hits the bottle first time. Everyone's <laughs> cheering him. I'm utterly humiliated. I've, ne- I've never wanted to go back to the place since. <laughs> I mean, that's, just, that, that, that's a stitch-up, isn't it? That's, though, if that had happened in the era of camera phones, it would have haunted you so much more, Jack. Oh, would it? My God, it would have come back to me. It would have, Look at this idiot trying to shoot a bottle. Look, he's an adult. And then, and then the kid can. Oh, <laughs> It was a fix. It was a fix. Oh, There's no two ways about also, it. If there's anyone out there by coincidence yeah, yeah. who's listening and was there, I just want them to know it was a fix. I was stitched. <laughs> well, that's the thing. If you're at Disneyland Paris with your kids and you're famous in the UK and on the TV, loads of British tourists, that is the worst case scenario for you, really, isn't it? To be uh, dragged oh, out of the audience and done that. Could not be worse. And then humiliated, uh, <laughs> you know, in, in, a, in a way that it really goes right to the heart of what it is to be a man. <laughs> I, you know. Do you, did your kids, were you, were you a grumpy father? Does that cut, like, would your kids describe you as that, do you think? Um, I, I, you know, I, I suppose, I suppose probably they would. I, I, I don't know. Uh... What, what I mean is, when you're with your kids, is there a different side to Jack D to the uh, to the Jack D that the pu- the public knows and loves? Are you actually a, you're a big softy with your kids? Of course, you know. When it comes to being, you know, uh, of course I'm a, I'm I'm a nice dad. Of course I am. You know, I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not wanting you're to shit actually. Shot, but you're a good man. <laughs> Let it go, Rob. Let it go. <laughs> just, you know. Uh, I think with this, this is the case with most comedians is that what you do on stage is is an exaggeration of that element of you that is will make people laugh mm. anyway at home. But you, of course, you you enlarge on that. And I mean, there are times when I'm just a, I am just a grumpy sod. I mean, that's it. I can't help it, and I don't even know I'm doing it. I don't even know I'm doing it. I really, I really, genuinely don't know I'm doing it. That's why I was, I was terrified when it came to the clap on Thursday nights because you know I, with my face and my voice, when I'm being sincere, people think I'm being sarcastic, right? So, I, if I'm just standing in my front door clapping and going, yeah, you're the best, you're the best. And he's like, yeah, come on, Jack. This is the NHS. I know I'm doing my bit. Like, yeah, no, don't do it like that, though. Do it, do it like you mean it. And I say, yeah, I am meaning it. I do mean it. I, I, I get that the opposite because I've got a bit more of like a happier out, outward demeanour. If I'm yeah. just sat on a train, just like with a, no expression on my face, I go, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, fine. They expect me to say, I'm on a bloody train. Yeah. yeah. Well, choo-choo. Come on, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what do they want on a carriage? That must make it easier for people coming up to you, Jack, because you can just be Jack D and tell them to piss off, right? That That is one advantage. You're right, because I've always thought it would be it would be very trying to, if you were like Joe Pasquale or something. <laughs> and, That's and, just a and, general point, and, though, isn't it? <laughs> But you know, if, if you oh you know oh it's Joe Pasquale and he'd have to he'd have to start squeaking to, for them to feel that they'd got their money's worth out of him. Whereas with me, they go oh is it jacked in and I go yeah yeah and I just shrug and they go oh he's so funny he's just like that on stage as well. I went up he just told me to get lost he's so funny he's a laugh. <laughs> You know, you don't know what mood anyone's going to be in when you approach them in the street. So, yeah, it's difficult. But both of you are quite cheerful disposition, really, aren't yeah. you? So, yeah. yeah, that's the so problem. So people would expect that all the time, wouldn't they? I know, I'm you losing know. one fan with everyone I meet, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> you only got seven. <laughs> <laughs> this lockdown's come at the right time for you, John. Yeah. <laughs> no wonders for my career. <laughs> yeah, at least you got that to blame. <laughs> <laughs> 
looking back though, when you, as, when you had your kids younger, um, Jack, was there any moments where you thought, oh, I've, I've messed up here? And not in like a really bad way, but just little moments where you've had fails with them. I feel I've let myself down a couple of times in the past where I haven't f- sort of lived up to being the image of a dad that I had in my mind. You know what I mean? It was, um, I'm, I remember taking to the dentist and uh, they were all nervous of the dentist. And uh, we were all we all had this sort of family booking at the dentist, you know, sort of fun day out. Um, <laughs> and and because they're all nervous of it, I said, "Look, it's nothing to be worried about. It's just something you got to do, isn't it? Go to the dentist, get your teeth checked out, and then uh, you know you can sort things out before they go wrong." I show you how easy it is. I'll go first. So I go, <laughs> I go first, and the dentist says, "Oh yeah, I've got a little bit of a filling here. I'll just do that quickly for you." And he, he I don't know what he did, but he drilled straight into a root canal, and I, I, it was like I was in the electric chair. I was my, my legs and arms flying around the place. I, I was screaming. <laughs> Jane had to, Jane had to get them all out of the car, out into the car. He will be all right in a minute, you know. <laughs> The whole dental appointment was cancelled. It was like, oh, yeah. and now they've never been to a dentist since. So that's what... so I've, I, I, I failed them. I failed them in that respect. Yeah, you can't, you can't get it all right, can you? No, you it's can't. But also, when you've got four kids, you've got so many different types of personality there. You've probably got one of every kind of human there is on earth, and and so I can't be everything to everyone. So there's probably at least two of them hate me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'll go with that. Jack, uh, we normally ask uh, uh, our guests who have got younger kids what they do if they had the house to themselves for the whole day, whereas it seems like you've semi got that already with your your, your older kids. So what would you do if you had all four of them back, you know, the ages of like two, four and like an eight, that age group of them? What would you be doing with them? And I I have to stay in. Yes, with them. Oh, I, 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 well, we, I mean, we had lots of days like that where you just, you get everything out in the garden, don't you? You, you know, bloody paddling pool and that's, you know, that's your lawn wrecked. And then. <laughs> it does ruin it, doesn't it? You just, you know, you try and involve them in everything, but it's, it's a chore, isn't it? Until it's, <laughs> until you can get away from them. <laughs> Again, you know, you, you, you know, I, I've always, tr- I've tried to be a good dad, but I'm, I'm always thinking, when, when is this going to end? When can I, when can I get away from you? <laughs> um, Rob, do you always have the same final question? Yeah, the final question, uh, Jack. Um, have you had a highlight and a low light of lockdown? A point where you thought, actually, this is amazing, and a bit where you thought, this has got to end. I'm going mad. Oh god, uh, there've been so many. There've been so many. I think the, uh, I think the, the highlights have been where we've just thought, you know what, let's let's do cocktail hour. Let's let's cook something nice for dinner. Let's have a bottle of wine and uh, and, and forget about everything. And it's, it's nice and quiet because there's no aircraft going over. There's no traffic outside. That I suppose is what you would consider the high the highlight of it. The low points have have been more to do with everything being cancelled that we'd planned. You know, we you know mm. we we were going to go on holiday. We were going to do this. We we're going to do that. But you know what? I mean, I don't, again, I don't want to sound sincere about it, you know, too too uh, earnest. But uh, you know, I, I've known I've known someone who succumbed to the illness, and it's a horrible, horrible business. So that that was, you know, it, it, that's that's. You know, I don't want to end on a bummer. You asked though, didn't you? Yeah, what do you think the low life is? The low point is when people you love die. All right. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm getting. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for I'm having me on your podcast. Like the dentist trick. <laughs> You wanted it. This is the truth of it, Rob. 
We've all had a laugh. We've all had a laugh, but that is really where it's at, isn't it? Also, I was going to ask this though as well. Your kids, are your kids on TikTok, and are they trying to make you be on TikTok and annoy uh, you? Because yeah. that's the perfect age for TikTok. I don't. I don't. I, I, honestly, I don't even know what TikTok is. Even with all the kids of my age, I, I literally don't know what it is. It, they might well be, and I, but I've, I'm not aware of it. All I, they show me stuff that you know, funny videos and that. Is that what it is? TikTok. Yeah. So it's all funny videos, and because it's all yeah. of that age group, sort of yeah. teenagers through to uni students, they're all at home annoying their parents. So yeah. I was wondering if we could look forward to seeing you being wound up by your kids, which I think would uh, it, be quite yeah. a sight. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be filmed doing anything, let alone uh, you know being an idiot around the house. But do you uh, try and are you one of those parents that tries to be into the kind of new things that your kids are into, or are you uh, quite happy to go? Not for me. Oh, absolutely! I think you have to stay, you have to you have to set your boundaries at that very early on in this, and just say, "Look, you do your thing, all right? I, I don't expect you to get interested in what I'm interested in. You do your thing, and I'll do mine, and that way we'll both get along fine." So it's like prison cellmates. Yeah. <laughs> It is, you know, and I, but, 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 you know, I, don't, I don't like I don't like adults who ingratiate themselves on kids, especially once the kids get to like secondary school age or something. That that is is pathetic, you know. Just just <laughs> at your age, let your kids do what they do, and and you do your thing. But don't don't hang around hoping you're going to be involved in some way because it's embarrassing for them. Apart from them, you know. That is the aim in life. Once you're an adult and you've got kids, your main aim is just not to become an embarrassment. It's not even about being a cool person or a cool dad. Or It's just don't be an embarrassment. If you can avoid that, you've won. You've won. Yeah. Which takes us back to shooting that count at Euro Disney. Oh, don't. Oh. <laughs> No, I, it's shocking. And I won't ever go back. They, you know, it's their loss. It's their loss. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks, Jack. Jack. Thank you right. so much for doing it. Cheers, mate. Oh, Jack D there. Do you know what? He wouldn't want me to say it, but such a nice man. He is honestly absolutely lovely because I was, I've always, I'm still in awe of him because he was a hero of mine growing up, being up with the Alan Davis episode and the Jonathan Ross one. But like, he was, when I first did, we did, you know, that O2 Gala gig we did, the yeah, charity yeah, gig yeah. at the O2, I was so nervous and so worried. And he, I did a warm up gig with him and I was just like staring at him, like, oh my God, it's Jack D. And he was just so nice and kind of you. Yeah. I think you're a bit worried he might be a bit mean because he's got yeah, that grumpy persona, but, but he's not. He's a lovely bloke. But even before we start recording, we sort of could hear him getting his delivery and he just sounds like he's got the ump when he hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, all right, lads, yeah. He's not like he's he's like that. No. It's not like he puts it on. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm all right, yeah. What's what we're doing here? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he just thinks, <laughs> yeah, he's so funny. I, I think this podcast that we semi started in order for us to vent and make ourselves feel better about like the nonstop childcare, it's actually gone the other way. And it's made me realise how much people miss their kids being little. Yeah, and after definitely. these records, especially with people like Jack who've got older kids, I sort of go back to them and give them a big cuddle and go, "Oh, I'm so lucky though to have them this much, even though yeah. I'm knackered and going a bit loopy." But I do feel like I've got into the groove of it a bit more since it's been going on for ages. Totally, you know go back, I mean. hug them, pick up a piece of shit, and carry on with your day. Yeah, I mean, as soon as she shits her knickers again, I'll be fuming. But uh, <laughs> the cuddle before she shits herself is lovely. <laughs> Just squeeze the shit out of her. Yeah. And- 
And then back back to whinging. But yeah, it was great. Jack Neeson. Yeah, really good. Um, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Like what it'd be like to relate to like a grown up child. If in twenty years, when I'm fifty, whatever I am, I'd be well, I'd be fifty seven. Jesus, what? <laughs> Oh my god! Imagine your little grey curly hair. <laughs> What's going to turn out? Just had a real moment there. What you oh no! Like? When you go grey instead of blonde, you're going to look like a right little weird fella. <laughs> you're going to look like a little feminist activist with curly grey hair. I think I, I think I'm going to be one of those people that that finally grows into their looks with age. But anyway, I don't. Um, I think they'll go. What the fucking hell's happened to him? He used to look like a boy for forty years. <laughs> He's turned into a nan. <laughs> Do you reckon one day I'll just wake up and I'll have just sacked? I don't think there's, there's going to be any, like, there's going to be no joining folks. Like a pair overnight, boom, <laughs> yeah. nan. Well, yeah, I, I remember when I used to work at a supermarket and I was like um, 17, 18, and uh, my mate went, oh, yeah, we're going for a drink, come along, and he was mate from school and all that. And everyone turned up, and then he went, yeah, I'm bringing me mate from work. And he'd started being a plumber and he turned out of a 55 year old bloke that he's in the van with and i was like what's this what's going on? and then but at that age when you're 22 you can't hang around with a 50 year old i was like you need to give me a heads up you can't just turn up with a 50 year old bloke and just eat it around him it's madness like it's a weird age where you have to just stay because yeah. someone older's coming but uh, yeah, yeah definitely uh, oh uh, but well. i can't wait it'd be amazing going out for a, pi- a pint yeah. When they listen back to this, I was wondering that. I was wondering that the other day whether this is going to cause problems in my relationship with my daughter in the future. But we'll cross that bridge when um when this oh, yeah. becomes well, unprofitable. Well, if they want, if they still want to live in our house, they have to fucking deal with it. All right, I've got to earn some money somehow. <laughs> Josh, should we uh, tell the people how they can get in contact? Yes, uh, rate us on iTunes. Uh, we are we we're closing in on three thousand ratings. Oh, oh. And they can get in contact with email at hello at lockdownparenting.co.uk. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you in a few days. And next time we've got Alison Hammond chatting on the show. Absolutely amazing. She's absolutely brilliant. Look forward to it. Terrible mic technique. What Awful. A woman, what a woman. <laughs> Terrible internet. Great woman. <laughs> Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Bye.